Welcome to the Hooper's Edge podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of Kramer Basketball. And usually on these episodes, we, t- we talk a lot about mindset and how it applies to basketball. But uh, obviously, we talk about skill development. And in this one, I want to talk a little bit more about basketball IQ, which is, you know, huge. So if you've been watching the NBA playoffs at all, you clearly have seen how certain teams seem to play above their, what you might think as God-given potential or their talent level. And then it seems like every year there's always a team or two that, you know, maybe it seemed like they underperformed, they had some higher expectations. And so I want you to just ask yourself why you think that might be, because it happens at every single level, high school, college, pro, it always happens. And so why does that happen to certain teams that they never seem to put all the pieces together to be the best that they can be? Where it looks like, man, if, if we put, you know, if every player on this team, you know, you added them up, you like a 10 out of 10. But it seems like they're a 6 out of 10. And then you got other teams that, man, if you added all those players up, you say, yeah, this is probably like a six out of 10 team, but they play like an eight. Why is that? Is it just coaching? Coaching has a a lot to do with it, but it's not just coaching. It's about having players who are unselfish and, and they have a high basketball IQ, understanding that it's going to take some sacrifice for the team to be the best that it can be. So they're willing to put some of the individual reps and shots to the side for the betterment of the group. It might pass up a shot or two here or there. It might be pretty good for them, but they can get a better one. Combined with the fact that they can take a look around take a look outside themselves and see how they can best complement everybody else in the group. This is the sign of a high IQ player. And when teams perform their best, they have talent, they have players with high IQs, and they have players that are unselfish. They're willing to sacrifice for the betterment of the group. You look at the Boston Celtics, who are probably playing better than anyone right now in the Eastern Conference, and you look at the Golden State Warriors, who are probably playing better than anyone in the Western Conference at the moment that we're recording this. Like, we could agree upon those two things. Listen, Steph Curry is coming off the bench. He's a two-time MVP. If he's like, yeah, listen, I'm healthy, I'm playing That means I'm starting. They would do that for him. But he's cool with coming off the bench. He's cool with being the sixth man because Jordan Poole, you know, had had a real hot streak and was playing really well. He, you know, was on somewhat of a minutes restriction. He's like, hey, you know, it's cool. Whatever's better, best for the team, I'm in. I'm down. And think of how much this contradicts basketball in today's world. 
where, you know, if I'm the best player, I get the minutes, I get the shots, I get to decide, you know, who's on the team, I get to kind of decide, you know, how the game is played. And then you got a guy like Steph Curry who's like, listen, if it's going to help the team and we're playing well right now and it means me coming off the bench, cool, I'll come off the bench. If you think, you know, makes sense now that I'm getting healthier and minutes restrictions being lifted, maybe other players aren't playing as well, you want me to start? Cool, let's start. Man, that is a really unique quality that it takes to be that type of person where you got to put your ego aside for the betterment of the team without losing the confidence to go out there and perform your best. That's a really great qualities right there. And then let's think about the Boston Celtics that you've seen playing. Listen, they, they lost in, I want to say, five games, something like that, last year and to, the, to the Brooklyn Nets. And here they are sweeping them the very next year with, in large part, the same key pieces. Now, big, big difference, no Kemba Walker, and they put Marcus Smart at the point guard. Marcus Smart was on the team last year, right, Ch- changed their position a little bit. Everybody was saying, hey, you got to get rid of Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, they don't fit the chemistry. Do these guys even like each other? Do they want to be teammates in the future? And besides a bumpy start with a brand new coach, figure out you know, how they're going to play. They've been hot. They've been one of the best teams in the entire NBA, especially the second half of the season. They just beat the team that was picked to win the NBA championship in the preseason. They just beat the team that many people would argue has the best player in the world in Kevin Durant. Why is that? It's more than having, you know, Jason Tatum, who is an all world basketball player. Cause he's a, he's a bad man. No doubt about it. So is Kevin Durant. So is Kyrie Irving, right? They have Celtics. They have a great basketball team. No doubt about it. But what has changed in how they're playing the game this year compared to how they're playing the game last year. It's the team. It's the sacrifice. It's the willingness to play the game in a way that best benefits the group that has led to really a dramatic turnaround from last year to this year. And it's remarkable. And it's a credit to each and every one of those guys on the team from the player that comes in and only plays a couple minutes to a a guy like Jason Tatum, who is leading by example, playing both ways. I mean, you get people that talk about, you know, Mamba mentality and really playing hard on both ends of the court. He does it. He plays hard on both ends of the court. He is willing to guard Kevin Durant, come down and, and make the passes, take the shots, do whatever it takes to score and get a good shot on the offensive end. So as you continue to watch the NBA playoffs, WNBA season is starting to come around. Really watch these different teams and try to see which teams are playing almost better than they should and which teams are playing you know, below what you would say their talent level is and then ask yourself why. And then after you ask yourself why, start to take a look at your team and start to figure out how you can best complement the group and start to understand that 
your value to the team isn't always tied up into the stats that you have, those big stats of points, rebounds, assists. A lot of your value on the team is making all the small little plays and movements and extra passes and sprints and defensive slides and pieces of communication, whether that's defensively talking about help, whether that's positively encouraging your teammate if, you know, they've turned the basketball over and their heads down say, hey, it's all right. You got the next one. You're okay. Let's get the, let's get the next one. Let's get this stop right here. They miss a couple shots in a row. You're coming down the court. Hey, that's all right. Shoot the next one. I'm going to try to find you. Shoot the next one. All of those things allow a team to play above what you might call their talent level or their athletic set. You can make a positive impact on your team. Absolutely. 100%. Every team has a leading score even the really, really bad teams. But the bad teams, they usually don't have those value players that are unselfish with a high basketball IQ that can play the game and raise the level of play from those around them. Raise the level of play of those around you. And you'll be surprised at how much better you play And you'll probably be surprised at the increase in performance. Maybe that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a ton more minutes, but I think the quality of the minutes that you're going to get on the court when you have that mindset are going to go up as well. It's win-win for you as an individual and most importantly as a team. Thanks for listening. Get after it today.